The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. All right, everybody's got me. I didn't hear the click. Good morning. Have you ever heard, and you've probably heard that statement before, especially you young ones that maybe be playing on sport, sports teams and, and different team uh, activities you have, even at work, team, right? That, that statement of there's strength in numbers, right? That idea of that there's strength in numbers. I mean, anybody who plays on a sport team or is maybe sitting in a, in a, a project management team in their, in their place of work or whatever knows that any person truly being honest knows that they can't do it all on their own. They can't do it all on their own. So there truly is strength in numbers. And I think in a way that, that could be a takeaway from us this Sunday, each one of us to, to carry away in our heart that there truly are strength. There's a strength in numbers. Now, our beloved Lord, he could have done it all on his own. He could have done it all on his own. He could have just stayed on his glorious throne, figured out whatever plan he wanted to figure out, and just done it all on his own. But what moved him to do what he did? Well, God is love. Creating you and I, each one of us, out of love and coming for us out of love on what? Why did Jesus Christ come? And at the yes of Mary be conceived in her womb and at the yes of Mary born in Bethlehem and walked the walk and then went to the cross and died and was buried and rose again from the dead and after he rose, came back to console his downcast and uh, troubled apostles and disciples and then he said, I'm going away again but don't worry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send the advocate and I'll come back for you because where I'm going, I want you. Why? 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 If it wasn't to go forth from his glorious throne on the greatest ever search and rescue mission. The greatest ever search and rescue mission. To look at it all a humanity of all times and said, Daddy, I'll go, send me, and together we'll do it. I love them. Send me. 
whatever it costs me. And we know we saw that and we see that when we break open scripture and we see Jesus pray in Luke's gospel in the Garden of Gethsemane. If it's possible, let this cup pass. I know I said I'd come, but it ain't looking too good. But not my will, yours be done. Because maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, Jesus saw strength in numbers. He saw you here. He saw you, you personally here, and me here. He knows our hearts. And he saw that you would be here today. Because our God is the God of the presence. I am who am, the God of the present. All times belong to him. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, gathered here, strength in this number, there is power in this hour. Can you say it with me? There is one more time, please. There is. One more time, please. There is power in this hour. And with me, it's going to be an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes. We had the mass at 7.30, and I told him, I said, no songs, so we're going a whole hour. Right? But it's not up here for me. It's, I'm not here to entertain. I'm walking with you. I'm, I'm trying to accompany you. Right? It's very hard to stand up here and preach because even Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, when he was preaching, he who is the way, the truth, and the life, he said to the people, well, John the Baptist came not drinking with hair and all this stuff, and you called him names, and the Son of Man comes, and you call him a drunkard because he's eating with tax collectors and sinners. So even the greatest of all preachers couldn't win Jesus Christ. So, you know. My job is not to fix you. My job is not to change you. My job, and not even your job, my call like you, is to accompany you, to walk with you. And we're walking somewhere, and we're walking together, and we're walking with someone, and he wants to pull us to pull more and more and more and more people into this train that's heading somewhere. And we ain't stopping it. He wants us to get people on, let's go. We're going somewhere, there's a meaning to life, there's a purpose in life. And there's a purpose beyond this life. So there are strengths in numbers. You know, Jesus, and we know this because we can read it before he ascended into heaven, he told his intimate apostles where there was strength in numbers, where he chose to bring them in and make them part of his mission, not because he needed them, but he chose out of love to invite them. They were invited. All of them were invited. Judas left the table and went off. He didn't want it that way. Some of the religious leaders were struggling. They didn't want it that way. But he was gathering them in to say, I want you to be part of this. And in the most intimate moment at the Last Supper, he's pouring out his heart to them to prepare them for the scandal of the cross of what it truly would mean to follow him. Take up your cross daily and follow me like we heard last week from our beloved Lord. Ain't easy to be a disciple of Jesus. And when he ascended into heaven, he said, don't worry, I'm going, but the advocate will come. And the advocate has come. The advocate, you only need an advocate when there is an adversary. So you know what? The greatest sin of modern man 
according to the words of St. John Paul II is this. The greatest sin of modern man is the denial of sin. And the greatest gift that humanity can lay out on a silver platter to the evil one, the father of lies, the devil, yes, who exists, pure spirit, stronger than any of us. He's trying to rally some people. He knows there's strength in numbers. He knows he can get numbers that can come after you and your family and everybody else. He knows how to work in numbers, but we don't see those people working around us in numbers. But God knows strength in numbers. Your guardian angel, my guardian angel. He knows, they know, there's a spiritual warfare going on. And there's strength when you go into a battlefield of having the numbers. And Jesus already won that war, but we can't help but to fight our battle. And the greatest gift they can give to the evil one, the enemy on the other side, is just to think that the devil is like a cartoon character. Not real. Not really, that's just something, you know, that's something they talk about, that's old, that's, that's old stuff. No, there's somebody who does not want good for you. There is somebody who does not want you to follow Jesus. There is somebody that doesn't want you to love as he wants us to love. Think of the love pulling, pouring out of the heart of St. Paul in Romans chapter 13. He was, a, he was a scholar of the law. He says love fulfills the law. Do you know St. Paul? And I don't think I'm judging St. Paul. If you read the Acts of the Apostles, if you read about his life, I think he carried around in his heart after being the one who witnessed and gave the go light, go get Stephen, stone him. Because he, when, he was, when he was Saul, they all gathered around his feet, dropped their cloaks at his feet, and Saul said, stone him. Stephen took the blows. Stephen took the blows of those stones and cried out, Lord, don't hold this against them. Stephen's love. Stephen's willingness to accept what he didn't deserve, trying to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Stephen's love impacted the heart of Saul who later became St. Paul. Our beloved Lord in the gospel today, seems kind of hard starting off, is talking about a spiritual work of mercy. In the church, we're taught there are seven, seven corporal works of mercy and seven spiritual works of mercy. The seven corporal works of mercy are oriented towards the body, towards the body. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless. Do what my mother and Joseph of Arimathea and St. John and Mary Magdalene did for me as I came down off the cross for you. They buried me in the tomb. A corporal work of mercy, mercy equals love is also to bury the dead. Our bodies are temples. Corporal work of mercy. There's also spiritual works of mercy. You beloved teachers, teaching at schools, you wonderful parents, 
educating your children in the faith and family faith formation and taking it home to your domestic churches, you're educating the ignorant. It's a spiritual work of mercy. Also, a spiritual work of mercy is to pray for the dead. Pray for those who have gone before us. That's a spiritual work of mercy. And then there's also a spiritual work of mercy that our beloved Lord's talking about, but he's putting, not coming to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. He said that. Not a single letter of the law will go away. But he came to fulfill the law in what? Love. So he's trying to teach his disciples, and he's trying to teach us today that love crowns the law. So the spiritual work of mercy he's talking about is admonishing the sinner. Admonishing the sinner. That's a corporal work of mercy. But how? How do we admonish the sinner knowing fully well that I'll be the first to raise my hand. I am a sinner. I am broken. I am wounded. How do I admonish the sinner? I'm not righteous or just or whatever, but how do I admonish? St. Paul says that in another letter of his. We conquer evil with good. Evil with good. How did Jesus do this in his life when he walked this earth? Different than Saul did before he became St. Paul. You remember the woman caught in adultery? Everybody was ready to stone her. Everybody. And Jesus said to the crowd, the first one of you without sin cast the first stone. They were dumbstruck. Then he bent over and he began to write in the sand. And he probably wrote all their sins in the sand. And then they went away, one by one, the oldest to the youngest. And then through the living word of God, see Jesus, see the love of Jesus. Woman, 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 look at me, woman. Give me your hand. Give me, give me your hand. Let, let me, come on, it's okay. See, the t it's more than just words in a in, in a book, it's his living word, but the tenderness and the love of Jesus, the son of the living God, God who is love. Woman, come here, I'll help you up. You got it. See his eyes, the same eyes that caught you and me in different times. We know it when Jesus looks at us and loves us. Picture up this woman. Does anybody, anybody condemn you? Nobody, sir. Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. You are beautiful inside and out. I created you. I've got a plan for you. You are beautiful. Sin is disfiguring you. It's not good for you. Go and sin no more. You are beautiful in inside and out. And maybe just maybe in the sacred heart of Jesus, I don't know, what, but, but I know he loved that woman as he loves us. And, and maybe in his heart he had a dream for her. And it was a dream that was fulfilled. Mary Magdalene went off and grew up a great saint. If that was Mary Magdalene, or maybe there were multiple Mary Magdalene's that Jesus met. And also men broken like Zacchaeus in a tree. Men and women broken. And Jesus, go. I know you feel broken. I know you feel wounded. I know your heart. But if you let me, my light will shine through that brokenness. 
and they will see the good that you do and they will give glory to God because that happened to the Samaritan woman too. I met her at the well. She was broken. Zacchaeus in the tree was broken. People were calling him all kinds of names. And I went and ate in his house and his life transformed. Woman trusted me, there's strength in numbers. And now you're part of my numbers. But I need, I want more people. I want more than just you. When our hearts connect to the sacred heart of Jesus, when our hearts in this hour of power encounter the love of God for us, when our hearts encounter the living word of God and the son of the living God who comes down on this altar and is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, and we receive him, but ultimately we go into him as one body, when our hearts are just inflamed with the fire of his love and the Holy Spirit, we can't contain that. We have to go out and share that. We have to give that to a world who needs that. I know, it, I, I know it's hard for y'all. I don't know your world. I don't know what you're struggling with, but I know before I joined the seminary, working outside in New York City, in corporate America in a $1.6 billion company, it was hard. There were moments when I sat there and I went out to eat with clients and other people who were part of a team or new people, and I, 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 should I do a sign of the cross or not? I found when I did do a sign of the cross, the conversation changed at that table like no other, in a good way. I, I know what it's like, and I'm not, I'm not here preaching about me, I'm just trying to let you know that I, I know what it's like and just share you little my struggles and my, as a young adult, because I know we got young adults that are moving in the city. We got people working their jobs that are, it's difficult out there. I know what it's like to be at a TJI Fridays on Friday with a bunch of people you work with and how the conversation is totally going south. You know what I mean when it goes south? We got little ones here. And it's going south about marriage and all the other stuff out there and my heart's just, ah, how do I say something? And I just, to look at them with love and say, you know what, there's something better than that. I witnessed that in my parents. I've witnessed that in other people. God wants to offer us something better than that. I believe in God. I don't believe in really what you're saying there, but I, I'm here to meet you where you are and love you where you are. To admonish a sinner is not to wag a finger at him. It's not to point a finger at him. It's like St. Paul says, to fulfill the law and love. It's to love them. Love them into the goodness of the truth. Speak the truth, which may be hard, and cost us, may cost us. But like Stephen, taking those blows may turn around a saint, may take some time, but we're not gonna do it, the Holy Spirit will do it. I'm not gonna change a single person in this church. I'm not gonna fix a single person in this church. I have a hard enough time working on my own heart with the help of God's grace to change my heart and make his heart more like his, and there's a long way to go. But I know there's strength in numbers. And being with you, each and every one of you, in the power of this hour, helps me. I'm not gonna do it on my own. Neither are you gonna do it on your own. Parents raising your children, 
grandparents or our beloved seniors in your independent living centers? Our young people walk in the halls of your schools in which only you can do what you can do and nobody can do it for you amongst your peers to be light, to be salt. Salt preserves. Yes, we're tried to, called to preserve our traditions and the truth, but we're also called to be light and go out. And light attracts and brings people into being part of the strength of numbers, numbers with Christ. Where two or three of my brothers and sisters are gathered and we are gathered here in his name, there is our Lord in his midst. There's power. There's real power in this hour because there's strengths in numbers.